1989. You've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Captain, my captain. I shrunk the kids and the Thompson kids too. I'm Batman. Jugger? Don't call me that. Oh, come on. There's always room for Jello. Patrick Swayze is Dalton. I thought you'd be bigger. Opinions vary. When he's around, anything can happen. How's a guy like you end up a bouncer? Just lucky, I guess. And usually does. If somebody gets in your face, I want you to be nice. Ask him to walk, but be nice. Close the gentleman to the door. Until it's time to not be nice. So says the fighting philosopher. This is my town. Get your hands full, kid. I just think I'm looking at a dead man. Patrick Swayze. For that line of work, I thought you'd be bigger. Gee, I've never heard that before. Roadhouse. Welcome to another episode of Quantum Recast. I am one of your hosts, Corey, and with me as always is Tanner and Nick. Hola, amigos. We finally made it to hosts. Ooh, Ooh, yeah. I promoted Upgrade. you last episode, remember? I started feeling yeah. guilty. Oh, yeah. Conviction oh, yeah. set okay. in. And then, uh, and Jesse, Jesse's in the, in the producer chair this week. He- I'm back. Uh, and you joined, you missed what, like some really good movies, and now you're here for Roadhouse. <laughs> Listen, I don't, I don't like the, I don't like the sound of you missed as if this was my fault. I want that to be said. Oh, okay. We, we forced <laughs> you to miss some really good movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But we woke you up from a nap today to do Roadhouse 1999. <laughs> yes. Does that sound better? That is correct. Congrats. Okay. Yeah. Love it. All right. Well, yeah, if you clicked on this and you clicked on Roadhouse 1999 and you probably realized that that's a movie from 89 and 1999. That's not a typo. That's what we do here on Quantum Recast. We take movies and we uproot them out of their original release year and we take them forwards and backwards in time and drop them in new release years. And then we give them a fresh cast relevant to that year. But before we do that, we got to give you a little bit of information, uh, mainly um, plug ourselves uh, to you. shamelessly gross um yeah just shamelessly plug ourselves so um we are on social media we're on pretty much all the social media platforms and you can find us there and engage with us there um so you know which, whichever your preferred social media thing is of choice or if, hey if you get down on all of them you can uh, find us there and reach out to us and we'll talk to you uh because we're not famous um and so not um, yet not yet one day we're gonna get mm-hmm. there except mm-hmm. for tanner tanner refuses to fully sell out for some reason but me and Nick are going to one day why. be too good to talk to the rest of you. So you have <laughs> exactly. to go through our agents. So, um, uh, man, I was, we don't have agents. That's a lie. That's bad. Okay. And then, uh, also, if you're listening to this podcast, that means you're listening to it on some sort of uh, podcast distribution service. Um, 
fancy word for like Apple or uh, Spotify for 90% of you. Um, and that means you can give us stars, reviews, um, all that stuff. And when you do that, that helps us find more listeners. Um, and so please do that. Um, you can actually write whatever you want inside the little review box. And both those services count that as a win and push us up the uh, podcast charts. And you. then we're on Patreon. We we now Woo! officially will accept <laughs> we your did money. It. Um, you all probably have jobs and go to work and clock in and clock out, and then you get a paycheck. And we're just asking for some of that money. We're just asking for our cut. We and I know you. so many of you have reached out and said, "Please, I have all of this extra money, and I just want to put it somewhere." <laughs> and now you have a place for that. Hold Thank on, I can I can word this better. We're providing you with an investment opportunity. Um, there you go. Theoretically, <laughs> there it is. There it is. Wouldn't actually pay off anything to you in the end. I don't think. Um, so, uh, right. Not, so the deal is you come in and you sign up three friends and then you get each of those friends to sign up three friends. And then that way your money builds up. Yeah, exactly. Somehow math. That just sounds like a Ponzi scheme with extra steps. Yeah, <laughs> it's complicated. But yeah, we are on Patreon uh, slash Quantum Recast. Um, and so if you want to support the podcast, you can do that there. And we have tier levels that come with a certain luxuries that you can check out. Anything from is we'll just sh- shout you out on the podcast to all the way you can like pick movies and things. Um, you can practically join the podcast if you give us enough money. Um, and so uh, but we're not going to give you a microphone. We haven't gotten that far yet. So um, not yet. You could be a silent partner to the podcast. Uh, and then, as Nick likes to admit, for you commitment phobes who don't necessarily want to engage with us in any way, shape or form, but you'd still like to give us some of that money. Uh, you can go to buymecoffee.com slash quantum recast and you can just donate one time to us or, you know, you can even sign up to do monthly donations, I believe. And you just give us money and we don't have to give you anything in return. It's, it's, a, it's a nothing at deal. all. So uh, you don't have to talk to us or engage with us at all. So it's perfect, I can, I can understand the allure for don't buy me coffee.com personally. <laughs> so um, you listen to us quite a bit, but that's, that's the point. We provide you some entertainment that you're probably listening to on your commute to work. Maybe sometimes at work when you're not supposed to be. And we just want our cut of your paycheck. Like, I feel Ooh. like we're helping. So like, am, am I in the wrong there guys? Like we're, I, I, we're it's pretty spot on. I'd say, you know, yeah. Right? Gas yeah. prices are high, so we need to raise the price of our podcast. So. Yeah, but you can still get it for free. Um, we're not going to be behind any yeah, paywall. Yeah, of course, just yeah. the fun, just some fun no. stuff's going to be hidden behind a paywall that you can check out. Yeah. Patreon.com, dobamicoffee.com slash quantum recast. So we got all that out of the way. We feel gross. We feel gross. Locked ourselves. We're taking a quick mental shower. Speaking of which, we actually have our first two patrons. Um, Tanner, would you like to shout them out for us, please? Corey, we're going to have to talk about brand identity. These are investors. So this is our first round of patrons. So our first round of patrons, uh, we want to give shout outs. Thank you so much to Jelloween. Uh, thanks, Ethan. And our great friend, Derek George. Thank you guys so much. Um, if, if you want to be in the next round of patrons, visit us at patreon.com slash quantum recast. Yeah, get, get in early, fellas. Get in early. And ladies, ladies and fellas. So, um, all right, cool. So that's all the house cleaning uh, that now that we said and to all other, you non-binary people. Yes, yes. 
Uh, anyways, now we can move on to, to the fun stuff, to the fun stuff. It's been a while since you've recorded, fellas, so everyone should be able to participate this week in Knit or Pick. And this is where we tell you something we've watched in the last week and whether you should check it out or maybe avoid it. Knit or Pick. Yeah. Tanner. No, no, I don't want to start with Tanner. No, Tanner, Tanner just... Uh, Tanner just uh, called me out on on my pronoun <laughs> stuff. So, uh, Nick, you go first. <laughs> I guess I have it, – it's it's mostly a pick, but with a slight knit to it. Um, just a shadow I did, of a knit. You can't a shadow that. of a knit, if you will. It's a knit a, or a, pick. A grain it's not of knit salt. and or pick. Well, how else do you want me to approach it, Corey? I, I did what we all need to do, and we watched Paddington 2. Nice. And it's charming, it's fun, it's sweet, it's very British, but it wasn't the life-changing experience that I was led to believe by Nicolas Cage. Ugh. Still recommend, still a lot of fun. What a letdown. But, but, but still good, so I enjoy it. I haven't it. watched go it yet. It it's on my list, Mm-mm. and I keep forgetting to pull the trigger on it, so I know that they just announced Paddington 3's like, taking place in Peru? or something yeah it's crazy yeah, yeah. The, the trilogy capper <laughs> it so, all comes back home so this is this is fun now all but right. yeah Peru. just uh check check it out check yeah. it out but don't but expect don't don't expect to like you know be be cured of all your like evils and stuff or yeah. anything so checked out paddington too but maybe don't don't trust nicholas cage's assessment of it you know fully tanner what have you watched <laughs> i've watched <laughs> Way too many things uh, recently. But the one that I really wanted to pitch was something that I was kind of reluctant to start just because I read the title and I was like, I don't, it just sounds like a clickbait thing. Because I, I went to HBO and saw The Time Traveler's Wife. Oh, no. Guys, it's so good. Wait, wait, wait. The show or the movie? The show. The, the oh, show. No, the new Tanner. show. Okay. It's actually really good. Like, I was. Is it really good or is it like Tanner really good? Like. <laughs> Which means really good. <laughs> These pictures are the same pictures, Nick. I don't understand the, the question. I don't, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> um, no, but like, because I, I, I went into it going, like, okay, it's going to be some cheesy, fucking mm. shitty yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, but I'm just going to kill some time and put something on in the background. Yeah. And it's, it starts heavy with the, like, comes in swinging with, oh, we get the joke. And mm-hmm. it comes in with, like, comedy. The wife is in on the idea of time travel. She totally knows about it. And there's, yeah. like, a whole, like, interview thing that they do where they talk about every so often they cut to like older versions of themselves talking about time travel. Okay. And I'm like, okay, so this is a fun, like wink, right? Interesting. Okay. It lives within its own world, but knows that we know about it. And it's like very fun. And like the humor is great. The relationship is great. Cause the 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 Nicholas Sparks like movie is very much like a, a romantic movie like it's treated as such so right and like it's still a romantic show but it is definitely like you're watching two guys who are the same person but 20 years older you know like run around 
New York naked because when they time travel, they don't keep their clothes. And so they're trying to like outrun the cops because Mm. they just like accidentally time traveled somewhere. So it's a whole fun, fun project. I really suggest it. It's actually a really good show. Cool. I I like the Rachel McAdams movie myself. (laughs) I I enjoyed it. Yeah. So yeah. Can't go wrong. Um, all right, cool. All right. So you pitched uh TV. I like it. We're covering all the all the ground here. Um mm-hmm. Jesse, have you watched anything? Oddly enough, I've watched so many things in the almost two months or whatever it's been. <laughs> so Right, you had enough, a lot longer than the rest of us. Yeah. Uh it took me forever to figure out what I wanted to talk about. And of course, it's an anime. <gasps> so, oh my god. Which I'm going on record saying is this is the anime of the season. Uh, Spy Family. Oh, God, yes. It's incredible. Uh, So basically the premise is there is a a spy named Twilight who his mission is to keep peace between the countries of East and West. To do so, he needs to uh, create a family. So he adopts a young daughter and marries a young woman who needs a husband to not look um, suspicious Suspicious. to their government. Uh, And she turns out to be a contract killer. And the daughter is a mind reader uh, who now knows that he is a spy and she is a contract killer and is trying to like work through that as trying to help them. She knows that the dad is trying to do something. And so she's like, I need to help Papa be a better spy and so like it's very 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 cute very fun mm-hmm. also i don't mm-hmm. i don't remember if the there's a dog in it i don't remember if that's in the anime yet or not um what is the dog is the dog a, a double spy uh no he he is a dog that was uh he he had uh tr- uh experiments ran on him and now he can see the future uh God. so he can <laughs> see the future naturally <laughs> Yeah, he can see the future, and then Anya, the child, can read his mind, uh, which yeah, which she uses to help her dad. Uh, and Got mom. it. Um, it is it is an incredibly cute and incredibly fun. Uh, it's show. very good. It's very good. But yeah, that's it. Go watch it. Okay. All right. Uh, and hear more about what Jesse has to say about some animes over at Jesse's Anime Corner, which I'm sure he's been recording for the Patreon. So Coming soon. So many recordings. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I spent some time on a plane recently, so I watched a number of things. Um, uh, and I, I, I would say um, I'm going to talk about I finally got through um, and sat down uh, because I had nowhere else to go. I was on a plane. Uh, for eight hours um i sat down and watched three billboards of ebbing or outside of ebbing um that was yes. incredible i did not regret that um it's so good and it's like as soon as it was over i like looked over at my wife i'm like what are you watching she's like i don't know watching something like weird i don't know she wouldn't paint it's just like what and i like started getting on her screen and i put it on i said watch this and then in two hours tell me what you think and so and she did actually and she we it was fun so that's how good it was did I she like my, it yeah she did she she did not regret it if i that could have gone wrong she could have been like you just yes it could have gone very wrong here honey watch roadhouse tell me what you think <laughs> <laughs> oh no my wife was present for my roadhouse viewing this week and it was fun so um 
did she did not like it as much as three billboards. So, um, but yeah, okay. So that's knitter pick. You can you can you can't quote us on it. We're just telling you what we enjoyed, what we loved, um, and you know you can choose to check them out or not. It's fine. Um, so. Well, it is time to dive into Roadhouse, released in 1989, originally starring Patrick Swayze, Kelly Lynch, and Sam Elliott, directed by Rowdy Harrington, uh, written by R. Lance Hill and Hilary Hinken. Um, guys, before we uh, go on to our first normal segment when we're dissecting a movie, I just want to say something that sometimes this podcast forces me to watch movies I love analytically. And I oh, discover no. that the movie I enjoy is really bad. Bad. <laughs> this is one of those. <laughs> this was one of those moments where I think I texted you all after I finished Ooh. rewatching it and was like, "Guys, this movie really the plot. There's no plot really to this it movie. Doesn't. <laughs> if you're well, watching plot, it, things happen. If you are watching it in with any more critical of an eye than." Man, Patrick Swayze is cool. Anything other than that, like it does not hold up. It does not hold up. I. It's still an entertaining movie, but yeah, the I, second you have I, to watch it with any sort of like analytical perspective for a podcast that you have to talk about on, you're kind of like, oh wow. It is. It is a perfectly made '80s movie. All right. Yes. It it belongs and fits and thrives in that late '80s setting. Well, I, hold on. Let's not bring the whole '80s down with this. Like, no, I'm no, not, no, 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 no. I'm not saying my I'm entire saying perspective no, no. on the '80s has fallen apart. It's just this movie's not as good when you're like watching it with any sort of serious context of like, well, let's let's right. really analyze this. Then you're Sometimes like, oh my you just gosh, want to turn off is... your brain and watch Patrick Swayze beat the shit out of people. All right. Yeah. Um, while talking about how he doesn't like he doesn't America. like violence, but. Right, yeah. it's a lot of it. Right. So, um, well, that means uh, it's such a good movie. <laughs> who's <laughs> who's got useless critic stats for eighty nine's Roadhouse? That would be me. I've got the useless critic stats, and we're going to start here with IMDb. IMDb gives it a six point six out of ten, so right down the middle. Okay. All right. Rotten Tomatoes, we've got our thermometer uh, at 37 out of 100. Oh, wow. A terrible score. <laughs> uh, the audience score is a uh, 66. That's not right. It's got to be 6.6. It's got to be 69, guys. Come on. It could only be 69. Um... Let's move to Metacritic. Metacritic has this right up there with Rotten Tomatoes at a 36 out of 100. Ooh. With an audience <laughs> score, Nick, 6.9 out of 10. So round it up to Nailed 69. It. All right. <laughs> Dang. Okay. The, general, one? Yeah, the general critic consensus this is going to be a tough sentence for me to say is whether roadhouse is simply bad or so bad. It's good depends largely on the audience's fondness for Swayze and tolerance for violently cheesy action. So it's good, yeah, right? That's fair. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, it's a it's a fair <laughs> critique, but it is just hard to read. It's like, I mean, yeah, you're right, but come on. Come, come on. Come on. Here's the problem with that take, with your take that you have to watch it with just the perspective that Patrick Swayze's cool and then even this general critic critic yeah. take of it's if you're just focused on Swayze. Is it halfway through the movie Sam Elliott shows up and is much cooler than Patrick oh, it's Swayze? True. It's true. So, absolutely. So he well, really mustacheless. Yes, Sam a mustacheless. Long haired yes. hippie Sam Elliott. And there's nothing more I want in my life than a prequel with Sam Elliott. <laughs> yes. I yes. strive to look like Wade Garrett when like when yes. I'm <laughs> pushing 60. Like, that's what I want to look like. It's just long gray hair, a gravelly voice, and just I haven't shaved for three days at all yeah. times. But let's move on from our love for Sam Elliott. And let's ask what you guys think Ebert thinks of this movie how many stars do you think he gives it are you telling me that after finding out that he didn't even touch stand by me on the last episode he <laughs> did take the time to review watch and review roadhouse he did in oh, in may wow. of 1989 may 19 oh my 1989. gosh wow okay i'm gonna say i'm gonna say one and a half okay four stars baby <laughs> Wow, Nick really swinging for the fences. He had the time of his life. (laughs) He had he had a fine enough time. He gave it two and a half stars. Wow, dang. That's impressive that Ebert had that much fun watching this movie. Um, Okay. I know. (laughs) Oh, the way he talks about it, though, is (laughs) incredible. Does it remind um, him of his time as a bouncer? Please tell me that this, this, oh God. that he was a bouncer and that this just took him back. Here's what you say that. And I just went down three like milliseconds in my head of our entire future. And the, the longer we go doing this and the more Ebert reviews that we read, the more knowledge we're going to have of his life's history. And I cannot wait for just like the random ones where he's like, this reminds me of the time at summer camp when when Jamie's braces got stuck. Let's move on. And then like, <laughs> what? I Yeah, like I can't wait for just the nonsense or like that he's going to bring up at some point. But no, he doesn't say that, sadly enough. He does. He does pitch at some point that. um. TV producers should do a uh, like world finals of bouncing. Where was that <laughs> in this thing? Uh, I'll, I'll find it as I read. But essentially, he he just says like we're expected to believe that the sadist who is um um what's his name uh, Wesley Wesley we're expected to believe that Wesley is financed all of these hunting expeditions because he talks about the trophies that are in his house. And he's like, he's got all this shit everywhere. He's doing all this crazy stuff and burning down general stores, running a fucking massive monster truck through a Ford dealership. And he's like, we've left reality. He's just straight up. He's like, 
leaves reality so far behind that you have to you have to accept it on its own terms. And he says, was it intended as a parody? I have no idea. But I did laugh more during this movie than during any of the so-called comedies I saw during the same week. So consider that. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. I mean, um, he found a silver lining there. Yes, That's he good. did. That's good. Which just means he was laughing at it the whole time. Um, and then he does say here, um, note to cable TV operators, the world finals of bouncing might pull decent ratings. I'd, I would watch it. A man ahead of his time. But yeah, I mean, he's just basically going through here, kind of going piece by piece and just talking about like how weird this movie is and how it's just like laughably unrealistic and nuts um, is basically how he just goes about it. But he's saying it's a fun time because you kind of just have to go with it. So, okay. Critics. um, We'll just, we'll just, we'll just, we'll we'll be a little gracious and say down the middle, right? (laughs) Yeah. I think that's general. (laughs) Yeah. Down the middle. Either you really enjoy this or you really hate it, which I think is a apt way of describing this movie. Either you're in on it or this is just terrible. Um, uh, if anyone's actually clicked on this without seeing it, do yourself a favor and go watch Roadhouse 89. It's an experience whether you come out loving it or hating it. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, uh, and that's it. It's just, I don't know if these actual people exist in real life, but Patrick Swayze, Wade Garrett, they're like this, these dudes that just go to bars and, you know, take out the trash and make them nice and then they move on. Um, and so I like to imagine that's a real thing, um, you know, but... Uh, I chose this film, um, and this is where we ask me why I chose this film. And uh, wow, um, we we I felt we we somehow stumbled into a theme with summer movies. Um, okay, we've never done it in the past, but I think I accidentally started it with Days and Confused, and then Nick mm. went, "I'm going to do Jurassic Park theme park summer blockbuster." Then Tanner brought in like the quintessential summer adventure movie and stand by me so mm-hmm. i felt pressured and i was like what do people do they, go, they drink during the summer and i i felt pressured i just screamed roadhouse and so um kind of regret it probably could have put a little more work into it i thought hey people go to the lake but the only movie i could think of for that was lake placid and i just feel like not a lot of people have seen lake placid or have it on their watch list so um yeah that's fair it would have been tough. Fair. Probably would have yeah. probably wouldn't have brought in a lot of a lot of listenership like Lake Placid, nineteen ninety nine. But Roadhouse, it's Scott Swayze. It's that's enough, right? Um, yes. So that's really it. I'm trying to stick with this weird theme we've fallen into um, of summer. So summer movie special. Yeah, and so um, that brings us to we have questions about Roadhouse and buckle up. This is not like Stand By Me where it's a good movie <laughs> where you can't find a lot to talk about because this is Roadhouse and there's a lot. Um, mm-hmm. First question as always though is, Jesse, have you seen Roadhouse? No. Oh, Jesse. Oh, Jesse. Whoa. Yeah. It's our goal by the end of this podcast to make Jesse really want to watch Roadhouse. <laughs> It's so good, How Jesse. How are we doing it's so far? Jesse? No holes in the story whatsoever. So far, it you're gonna have to do a lot <laughs> to make me want to watch this movie. All right, buckle in, boys. We can get there. We can get there. All right. So questions. We'll have to kind of 
speed answer these. Um, is the scene where they go back to Dalton's place super awkward for anyone else? I'm assuming we're talking about the very weirdly filmed sex scene from. Yes. Yes. Super weird. Is it just me? No. Before I even break it down, I need to ask if it's just me. It's a really tensely and awkwardly filmed sex scene for sure. It's and kind of oddly lengthy. So um, they really draw it out. So it's weird. It's weird because it's drawn out. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll leave my comments. <laughs> I want to hear Nick's comments. I was just that's saying, the uh, one I'm interested oh, it's, in. It's, I'm like, I'm like, oh, you guys think that's drawn out? Okay. <laughs> that's a long sex time for you guys. Okay. <laughs> the drawn out part is this like whole, I mean, it, it feels like 10 minutes. It feels like it's so long when like they're leading up to the sex where like they go to Patrick. It's called foreplay, so he, Tanner. It's there's foreplay. no foreplay. He is chasing her around while she looks terrified. She in does his look scared. She looks terrified and she's backing up for like five minutes and he just doesn't stop walking towards her. And I'm just like, Oh God, this is so awkward. Are we looking at this too much with the 2022 lens? <laughs> is this- no, we're in 2022. I, it's, 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 I don't know, man. It's very much like, I don't know how they watched this back in 89 yeah. and said, did, did our hero just sexually assault the town doctor? Cause <laughs> <laughs> it looks like she just kind of finally gave up. <laughs> Which is like, just let it happen. And it's like, right. it's, I mean, I mean, she he 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 walks over, he opens the window. They talk about like oh, it's really nice. She seems to enjoy the space. He goes over the radio, turns on some rock and roll. She's like nah, and then he turns it to the slow like love making music, and sh- and she's like okay, and then it just goes from there. They talk about stuff. I think I think you no know, Nick I just think, yada yada the entire thing. I think and for me I never get is it, I never get the feeling that she thinks it's okay. Listen, I like 80s movies are my favorite movies. I've seen a lot of sex scenes. In yeah. none of them ever explicitly have going either character going I'm giving you consent. But they're right. filmed in a way where I know consent is there. This one's filmed in a way where it's like I'm not sure if she was down. <laughs> at all I guess right. I didn't so, pay I guess I didn't pay enough attention to the scene like you guys did but it's so it didn't awkward. seem to break the rules to the, me the camera's I, I, like I'm surprised that you didn't see it Nick like it's so I mean I watched it it was a sex scene it was there <laughs> but what I'm saying is it's so palpably awkward that I'm surprised it got past you like it's wild it <laughs> literally is zoomed in side profile them kissing and the camera awkwardly pans down to their crotches just for her to undo mm-hmm. his pants and like her to, him to lift up her skirt and then it just pans back up it's just it's like the camera guy was like missing some action uh, oh oh kissing 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 so it's it's right it's weird all right all right all right that's that's enough about i do while we're, we're while we're on the subject of the sex scene was there a missed opportunity for Doc to say, I thought you'd be bigger during that sex scene? Yes. Oh, that's good. <laughs> maybe for a woman he, who maybe. was just sexually assaulted, that's the perfect line. I mean, doesn't doesn't Patrick Swayze's character have big, big dick energy in this movie anyway? 
It does, but the, the the line is constantly. I thought it'd be bigger. I'm just saying there was a missed opportunity for that line to, fa- to fall in here. She you comes, know? she comes out awkwardly onto the roof with him, and she's just kind of sighs. He's like, "What's wrong, babe?" She's like, "I don't know. I just I thought it'd be bigger." <laughs> it'd be oh, that'd good. be good. It'd be that'd such be a good. good good moment. And then he throat punches her and pulls her esophagus out. End of movie. <laughs> just walks away. Next town. <laughs> What's the purpose of giving Dalton a philosophy degree from NYU? I feel like only Tanner's irked by that character. Like, there's no point. It's so weird. He, the entire the entire movie is based around him fighting people or like teaching other. Well, okay, technically, you shut up, everyone. I get it. Technically, he's teaching people not to fight people. I fucking get it. But he's <laughs> fighting them the entire time. <laughs> And then just like they throw out that he's got a doctorate in philosophy. Just to make him deep and round him out, Tanner. Yeah, sure. I guess. (laughs) And then it's just like never a thing. And it's like, oh, that's why he does Tai Chi in the morning. Because he's got a doctorate in philosophy. It doesn't land, but he's supposed to be philosophical. (laughs) Obviously, his whole thing to bouncers are be nice, be nice. If someone tells you you suck dick and... To your face, be nice. You know his whole thing. Yeah, but what if he calls my mom a whore? Is she? That was a good line. That's a good line. But um, uh, but that's the point. I think we're supposed to believe that he's very pacifist. But yeah, it's hard when the whole movie he's just breaking everyone's ankles, and so um, right, like literally, not on a basketball court, like literally. No, guys, fighting's not the answer. Yeah. So, um, and he's ripped out. Two human beings' throats with his bare hands. That is, that is a lot That's for one person. Brutal. Yeah. So almost yeah. three. Uh, so, um, why is it important for these bad guys who party with the town millionaire to work at this bar? Okay, so here's where the plot starts Great to fall question. apart. <laughs> is that for some reason this bar is half staffed at the beginning by the town millionaires, like family and friends? And it seems like the catalyst for the whole movie is that they get fired. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that's strong enough to carry the plot to the extent it goes in which people die. Listen, um, listen, Wesley's got his people. fingers in everything. So he wants to control the bars, the banks and everything. So when somebody fires one of his boys, that doesn't sit well with him. He's losing part of his territory. All right. I feel like. Go ahead. I mean, it's just weird to me. It just seems like it's really important all the bad guys to have their jobs. They're 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 like blue collar bartending jobs when right. they're just pretty much living in the mansion of the millionaire and having pool part like pool sex parties every night. It's like, can you just right. not work and be cool with it? Listen, somebody's got to help pay for that. Okay, I guess sure, a hundred dollars stolen from the bar is not helping anybody pay for that mansion. <laughs> So I feel for like, the booze, guys. Come on. I feel like the millionaire is obviously just like fed up because the, the bartender, it's his nephew, right? It's like, yeah. yeah. I feel like he's like, oh, God, I fucking hate my nephew. I, ju- I just want him out of my hair. I just <laughs> want him to be at work all day. If he's not at work. He's just he's lounging around my, my house. Yeah. So you're just saying Brad Wesley came down and is like nephew's just eating his cereal and on yeah. the couch. And he's like, why are you here? <laughs> Lost my job. 
Damn it. What do you mean? Gotta let go again. Yeah. So, all right. All right. Okay. That's fair enough. Um, who mm-hmm. wrote this script is the last question, and I'm also just assuming this is Tanner, who usually has problems with the technical aspects of films. No, no, no. This is not me. This is this really? is a big question. Oh, yeah, no, no. I like I'm it. Just, okay. I'm just I'm just in awe of the creativity of some of these lines. Uh huh. And <laughs> I can't I'm even gonna, remember. Oh, all I'm going to give them to you. I'm glad you brought okay. this up. Please, please do. Please. Please enlighten the audience if they have not seen or do not remember. Jesse, please listen to some of these lines. Just rounding out, we have questions. I was going to ask you guys, which is the best line from Roadhouse? I used to F guys like you in prison. That's the bad guy. To Patrick Swayze in the middle of a fight is I used to F guys like you in prison. He says it with a just a ton of pride Um, and like. I'm assuming none of those partners in jail were willing participants. Um, so um, that's that gal's got entirely too many brains to have an ass like that. Um, then uh, this is a good line. Uh, a guy asked Denise, what do you say we get nipple to nipple? Denise says, yep, that, I can do that bold. without you. Yep. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> Every time she says that line, I've seen this movie like a dozen times. I'm like, Okay, what does that mean? All right, let's start. Like, you just start thinking. She's like, okay, wait a minute. Okay, fine. All right. <laughs> um, yeah. Then uh, from Morgan, you know, I heard you had balls big enough to come in a dump truck, but you don't look like much to me. <laughs> and then uh, the other one, probably the worst pickup lines in a bar is I get off around 2 a.m., I'd like to get you off about an hour and a half after that. So, it's a long what's the time. best line from Roadhouse, gentlemen? Does does he say hour and a half? I thought it was or, half hour. Uh, oh no, you're right, half an hour. Sorry, yeah, I was, I was giving like, him too, like, much credit. too much credit. Yeah, the wildest. There's some, the wildest. There's some subtle creativity in a lot of the smaller moments of Roadhouse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I definitely, I definitely think my favorite out of those is "Let's get nipple to nipple." Yes, that one. I can do out. that without yeah. you. It's a good I, line. I still think. I effed guys like you in prison is the most shocking line from this movie. Every time it comes, you're like, whoa. (laughs) Like, (laughs) oh yeah, it is left field, just blindsides you. The thing about that line is it comes from Brad Wesley's like number one henchman, right? Who we get no backstory on. We know nothing about it. And in one line, it develops his entire character. Like we now know everything about this dude. It's like, oh, this guy's done time. And he was that guy in prison. So like yeah. he is a bad dude. So um so I'm like that's a that's a powerful line that definitely catches me off guard every He's the foil time. to our hero in this uh tale of, of yeah, tragedy. He's the, he's the anti-Swayze. Um, the shadow if you will. Which that brings us to Jump drawer trivia. Um in I'm just going to give you some random facts about Roadhouse. Um there's right. actually only one thing I could find in terms of casting uh, in terms of like someone that was almost cast but didn't get it was Annette Benning was almost Doc, um, but apparently huh. uh, she did not have chemistry with Swayze. And then um, speaking of the uh, guy, the character Jimmy who likes to f guys in prison, uh, him and Swayze did not get along until they filmed their five day fight scene. That fight oh scene took five days. 
uh, incredible. It like ruined Swayze's knee and he broke two ribs because right before they filmed it, they had this weird mutual respect and gentlemen's agreement to throw real hits and punches and work real stiff. And now like yeah. they became best friends afterwards and it like went on all the way up <laughs> until Swayze died. Like, Oh just wow. A, kind of a toxic masculine <laughs> romance. <laughs> That's like, insane. You start punching each other and you're just, Hey, I feel a bond. So, <laughs> Uh, so the fun thing about Roadhouse is a lot of the trivia is real weird. Um, so according okay. to Kelly Lynch, who played Doc, um, whenever Bill Murray sees her sex scene with Patrick Swayze on television, he calls her husband just to tease him about it. <laughs> That's how awkward that is. <laughs> that scene is, is that if Bill Murray catches it on TV, he literally calls this woman's husband and her husband's the guy that wrote Scrooged so they, they know each other. He's not. I, I, I think this. Bill Murray's not being just a total dick. I think he's like just, just grabbing buddy. the phone book. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's this chick married to? Because this this sex scene is terrible. I'm gonna make fun of him. No, they're like buddies. So, but still, like that's that's some that's some hardcore man ribbing. Um, yeah, that so, really tells you how that scene is. <laughs> um. Uh, the fun thing is Patrick Swayze went into this movie with a knee injury from. Despite that he plays like the biggest badass in this movie, it's from Dirty Dancing. It's a dancing injury. Uh, (laughs) He actually turned down because this movie aggravated his knee so bad, like his Dirty Dancing injury so bad, like this movie. He turned down uh, Tango and Cash and Predator 2 and chose to make Ghost instead because it would be less physically taxing. And that turned out working out for him really well. Because obviously yeah. Ghost outperformed the crap out of Predator 2 and um, Tango and Cash. So, yeah, his knee kind of saved him on that one. Um, I just discovered this last night and actually looked it up. But the band playing at the very beginning in the bar they find Dalton in, that yeah. is Tito La, La, like La Riva singing for that band. He's better known as Tito from Tito and the Tarantula. And uh, they oh. play, they are the band uh, in Dust Till Dawn. So, yeah. Oh, nice. This guy has famously yeah. played <laughs> guitarist lead singer for a band <laughs> in two movies. Um, <laughs> nice. And both in very rough bars. So, yeah. um, Marshall Teague, who plays Jimmy, uh, the guy, um, the, 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 the bad guy, uh, not Brad Wesley, but Jimmy, told a story that he took his mother to the premiere of the movie. And when the fight oh, against no. Dalton happens and he says the line, I used to F guys like you in prison, his mother jumped up and said, that's my boy. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Again, incredible, powerful line, powerful line made mama proud. Supportive mother of the year. In all yeah. fairness, he delivers that line like you believe it. You're like, oh, my gosh. It's true. Yeah. You're, you're scared after at that point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It mentally tells me I would have folded hard in that fight. I would have been like, I'm out. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. You're you're way too dangerous for me. I'm, I'm done. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, an off-Broadway production of this film was produced in 2003. It had the peculiarly excessively long title of Roadhouse the stage version of the cinema classic that starred Patrick Swayze, except this one stars Ty Mac from the 80s cult classic, The Last Dragon. That no. Was, what? Yes. And Ty Mac wore a blonde mullet wig in the production. No. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, hold on. I'm finding photos. <laughs> I 
doubt it had a long run, Tanner, but maybe. So um, the character of Dalton was named after Dalton, Georgia. So um, Dalton's actually named after a town in Georgia because the writer passed through and just enjoyed the people. So that's odd. Uh, I enjoy this quote from Ben Gazzara. He gave in an interview of all the movies I've ever seen. This one is the most, the one I see most often on television. That's like the most tepid opinion of a movie someone can have. It's like, he didn't say I loved it or hated. He's like, I see it on TV a lot. So, um, (laughs) I enjoy that. Uh, Swayze's handsomeness caused problems on set. Um, during production, apparently because of the, the whole dirty dancing thing, uh, women were constantly sneaking on set. Uh, Swayze also regrets the mullet uh, because, and that's, that's really it. That's the end of trivia. He apparently, like in interviews because of the hair in this thing, um, he absolutely called it the bane of his existence. And he, you know, really? chopped, he, you know obviously that chopped it off amazing. for Ghost and more... Uh, the, the blonde wig for uh, Point Break. So, and then he moved away from the mullet. Yeah, I, I personally think his hair looks amazing in this movie. It's a majestic. Not a fan. So, well, that's uh, that's that's it. It's just a lot of crazy stuff. Other than that, not much to talk about in terms of uh, casting with Roadhouse. Um, and that brings us to 1999. It's we time to travel. To we're going to travel to what is often referred to as one of the greatest years in cinema, 1999. We have not ever been here. So who's going to who's going to who's going to tell us about 1999? Not it, not it, not it. I'll do it. Yes. Let's jump to 1999, baby. 1999. You have unleashed the creature that we have feared for more than 3000 years. I've lost my mojo. I see dead people. You have arrived. Are we gonna party like it's 1899? Oh, oh, we're gonna party, all right. So let's just start with the top ten of the box office of the year 1999. At number 10, we have The Blair Witch Project. At number 9, we get Runaway Bride. Number 8, we get The Mummy. Number 7, Adam Sandler's own Big Daddy. Number 6, Phil Collins graces us with his awesome drums in Tarzan. Number 5, the sci-fi spectacle that we didn't see coming, The Matrix. Number 4, the sequel, Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. At number three, the other big sequel, Toy Story 2. At number two, M. Night Shyamalan's The Sixth Sense scares everyone. And at number one, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Big year. So, big year so for really, lots of different mixed movies. Year. Yeah. But it should be. And there's. And there are more as you just go down the list, and I'm sure we'll talk about that, but like. I, there's at least a hundred movies down here I'm recognizing, and I'm just like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, and I'm just like, holy shit! But like I dude, said, this was supposedly just a huge year for films. Oh, it's big. Oh, it's just um, putting like Toy Story two and The Sixth Sense in like perspective being the same year. 
blew my mind just now. It's a little crazy. A little crazy. Yeah. I, so, I would like guys, to just I'd like to make it noted though that Phil Collins is just on the soundtrack of Tarzan and he can true, be casted true. as Dalton in this without messing with too much. This is a fair so. point. All right. Thank you. Thank you for that note. Writing it down. Okay, guys, put on your bolo ties, your regular ties, your suits, your pants, whatever. It's 1999. There's no rules anymore. Um, and we're going to go to the Oscars. So, for Best Supporting Actress, we have Angelina Jolie for Girl Interrupted. For Best Supporting Actor, we have Michael Caine in The Cider House Rules. And I, n- I need to watch this movie because I never know how to properly say the title. Is it The Cider House Rules? Like, there's rules? Or is it like, hey, man, The Cider House Rules? Like, it's awesome. I never I never know how to... Anyway, I need to watch that. I guess you need to watch it but, to find out if I it's guess you need to watch, yeah, a cool yeah. place or if it's a place with a lot of rules. Exactly. For Best Actress, we have Hilary Swank in Boys Don't Cry. And Best Actor, we have... Uh, uh, redacted in American Beauty. <laughs> um, for Best Picture, we have The Sixth Sense, The Insider, The Green Mile, and The Cider House Rules for the nominees. But the eventual winner goes to American Beauty. Thoughts, concerns, critiques? Uh, well, my thoughts are Detroit Rock City got robbed. Truth. God, I love Detroit Rock City. God, it's so good. Um, I don't even remember who that was. We were just redacting. That was Sam. Oh, it was uh, Kevin Spacey. So, ah, got it. Good old, terrible old Kevin Spacey. (laughs) I will say that multiple countries. (laughs) So, yeah. To, to fix learning. that, to, to balance that out, Phil Collins did win an Oscar for You'll Be In My Heart from Tarzan, beating Blame Canada from South Park, and When She Loved Me from Toy Story 2. So, pretty big, pretty big group there. All right, so let's move forward. We've got some twin films to talk about. That's right, All movies right. that are very similar in theme or style that came out relatively within the same year of each other. So if I will go to my notes here, I will pull them out. So from 98 and 99, we have The Truman Show versus Ed TV, Jim Carrey versus Matthew McConaughey in a mm. world where they're constantly watched by TV viewers. It also 98, 99 combo. We have Tale of the Mummy versus The Mummy. Clearly one of those was the superior. Uh Dark City in 98 to The Matrix in 99, cyberpunk kind of futuristic uh, movies. End of Days versus Stigmata, supernatural horror involving the Catholic Church. Uh, in '99, ah. we had The Haunting versus The House on Haunted Hill, both horror films Classics. in which a group of strangers are brought under false pretenses to spend a night in a haunted house. And to round it out, we have in '99 Bicentennial Man going against AI a year later. Science fiction films dealing with the theme of humanoid robots seeking to experience emotion and be human. Just two so, Robin Williams films duking it out. Duking it out, out, out. So, guys, the, the last little question here is, what are some of your favorite movies from this year that I haven't mentioned yet? Oh, man, there's so many movies from this year. Yeah, you just go down the list and <laughs> it's just... a stupid amount. It's um, ridiculous. I mean, I'll, 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 just, I'll just put it this way. I mean, obviously, uh, Fight Club. I don't think we mentioned. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is, is kind of that big one um, uh, that 
it's also another reason I wanted to bring Roadhouse to 99 because it would now be the second let's fight <laughs> at bars but have rules about it movie. <laughs> you know, it would be Virtual Fight mm-hmm. Club versus Be Nice, you know? It, it'd be fun. Yeah. There'd yeah. be some parallels there. Uh, but just for the sake of like not going through the next 50 movies, um, I will say yeah. that 1999 rivals like the mid 80s, like just this year alone in teen movies. Um, mm. Like you're talking like some of my favorite t- teen movies, period, are all 1999. I mean, like wow. we mentioned Detroit Rock City, which is teenagers, but there's 10 things I hate about you. Idle Hands, Jawbreaker, Varsity Blues and Election are all like top tier all good classics yeah mm-hmm. so like it was a bonker years like you know did i say she's all that did i say that one yeah she's no, all that but also added I to mean, list yeah geez freddie prince oh my gosh please come on our podcast ready please yeah please um tanner right. what movies do you have to note um the ones that i'm looking at right here uh one that I always really liked um, was the Bone Collector. Um, Need to watch that. You, yeah, it's it's so interesting. I I think it's just very fun. I mean, that's it's, Denzel, right? Denzel and Julia Roberts. Oh, it's Angelina. Excuse me. Angelina yeah, I was about and, to say Angelina. Um, I think there's another one that you're thinking of, but they're around these like couple of years. There's a lot of these similar yeah. movies. Mm-hmm. Um. And what was this other one I had up? Um, the Talented Mr. Ripley was this year. And. Oh, uh, Sleepy Hollow was this year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that was a big one. Classic. Oh, man, I could just keep going. There's just yeah, so many you can good keep going. I'll, I'll name out a few that uh, Corey and I have, have uh, spoken the praises of Payback that came out this year. The Mo Gibson movie where a son gets kidnapped. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, any given Sunday is a great football movie. Oh um, yeah, you can't talk about you can't talk about ninety nine two thousand without talking about Pokemon. And this is when the the first big crossover movie came out, so like kids everywhere were going nuts about it. Yeah, um, did not get to watch it in theaters, but you know it's fine. And uh, I mean, yeah, you just run down this list and you just keep recognizing movies, and it's 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 at a ridiculous a year for movies, which is great for trying to recast a movie in Corey. So thanks for that. Yeah. Um, so I'll leave you with the last question, Corey. Uh, what changes in 10 years by moving this movie to 99? I think I think it's just a very subtle. It goes from 80 sleazy to just 99 gritty. <laughs> like that's really yeah, all it that's, is. That's pretty much you. You said Fight Club and it's kind of funny. It's like I feel like we talk about twin movies. And if we if you move it to this, those two will be forever etched together because one will be like, well, it's called Fight Club but it's not really about fighting. And then you have Roadhouse, which actually is about fighting. So. Yeah. But in both main characters give a list of rules. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Um, which is what I'm most hung up on. We've twinned. So I don't think it changes a ton other than it. Maybe it's color grade gets darker. You it's know? just a little bit, a little grimier, a little grittier. <laughs> yeah. I think it'd be a little grittier. And I think definitely somewhat, I think there's definitely some, someone in the room of like this pitch meeting that's like you've got it in the rural area let's move it to like downtown and like let's make it like a dark 
like mm. busy street movie. A, you a know? slightly bigger suburb area. Yeah. 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 I think so too. I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. I just before we move on to casting, I read the plot for Cider House Rules, and it's about an orphanage and abortions get performed. So I think it's not the latter, Nick. I don't think the place. Oh rules. man. Yeah, I think so. there's got a. I think there's probably a lot of rules too. Yeah, I don't think it's a the good side, time. Like, f- fun fact: the cider house does not, in fact, rule, guys. Yeah. So, so I was just, I was just going to point that out there before anyone decides to go check thank it out for, themselves. Thank you for clearing. <laughs> oh, Subject content movie. might yeah. be a little heavy. Uh, if you're going in <laughs> thinking about this is about a good time, like Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, it's, it's not. So, um, it, is it was not that. Well, guys. That means it's time to grab Roadhouse, take it out of 89 and drop it in 1999. I'm so glad we spent as long as we did talking about 1999 because I have no idea who you people casted in this movie. Like, oh, gosh. Was there anyone available? Just you wait. Oh, yeah. oh there's people available. Don't okay. you worry. All right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Fair. <laughs> I like it. Okay, cool. Um, there are some people available. I didn't pick those people. But. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Um, well, like I said, what we do here is we uh, we take films out of the original release years, we put them in new release years, then we give them a cast relevant to that new year. In this case, we're taking Roadhouse straight to 1999, and I chose this movie, which means I'm the director, which means, Tanner and Nick, you guys have prepared casts, 1999 casts for Roadhouse. Uh, but yeah, we're working we within the confines of a lot of rules, specifically... Uh, Satter House rules, to be exact. Um, <laughs> rule number one, anyone you cast uh, has to be alive in 1999. They cannot be dead. Um, they, they must be living. Uh, rule number two, anyone that you cast in 1999, Roadhouse, uh, has to be free. They can't be in prison or uh, entangled in any sort of that legal matter like that. Uh, rule number three, anyone you cast in Roadhouse 1999 must be active. We define that as they had to have at least one acting credit in 1999 or prior to. And then the final rule where all the gambling comes into this whole thing is anyone you cast in Roadhouse 1999 loses all major film credits from 1999. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. What have you this done must have been like, I'm so glad I didn't cast on this. This must have been like walking a minefield. Um, mm-hmm. But I, as the director, I have two power-ups. Uh, at any point, I can retroactively or during the casting switch any two actors that have already been placed on the board, but with the characters that we put them at. You know, if at the end I feel like uh, so-and-so is better here, I can do that. And then the big one, the override at any point during the casting of a particular character I can just tell both of you to go straight to hell with your picks and I can put my own actor in. However, anyone I choose is subject to those same rules. So I have to be really careful um, as well. Uh, And I'm just going to go ahead and say it right now. I really don't have a plan. Normally I'm the one that has a plan um, for this. There's no no sacred movie you're trying to save. Nope, 1999 was just too much. I was like, something, something's going to get hurt here, and I'm just, I guess, I, I just don't see a place for Freddie Prince Jr. in here, and I guess she's all that might be what I really want to protect. So um, mm. I feel safe. I feel safe. 
So I'll just move his name off the lead uh, role here real quick. <laughs> hey, he'd be a good Dalton. So um, I'd also like to see him deliver the line as Jimmy. So, Pain don't hurt. <laughs> um, well, uh, that means um, we need to dive into this. Um, this is a bigger cast. Um, I believe I kept the, the main up top cast uh, down to seven. But we have our little segment called 30 Seconds or Less, where we're going to speed cast a lot of the more uh. minor characters. However, Woo! because of the unique way that Roadhouse is casted, uh, yes. I, I did put some uh, I did put some uh, what you call, stipulations on a couple of the characters. Did you guys follow yes. these stipulations? I, I did. did. Oh, I'm so impressed with you guys. I figured y'all would both just forget right now. So, the the cast, um, and I guarantee you Tanner's going to be more prepared for this than I am, uh, like always. <laughs> uh, the, the cast yeah. we're going to be doing for 30 seconds or less consists of the character of Mountain, um, which is played by T- Tiny Ron. Tiny Ron. That is, I bet that's not his real name. It's um, ironic. It would be odd if you really named your kid Tiny. Like, that's like, do you like that name? And then they grew up to be eight feet tall. And you're like, oh, <laughs> good one, God. That's funny. Uh, we have Morgan, who is also huge, but not quite Tiny Ron huge, played by pro wrestler Terry Funk. And you guys have to give me a pro wrestler there. That is the rule. Yeah. Got it. Uh, Jack, <laughs> who is the um, obese, dumb villain uh, of the group. Uh, originally played by Travis McKenna. We have Pat McGurn, who I said had to be a musician because Pat McGurn is actually played by John Doe of infamous L.A. punk rock band X. Uh, We cast Tillman, uh, the owner of the Double Deuce, who was originally played by Kevin Teague. Uh, Red Webster, who was uh, the owner of Red Webster's, the, the, what was it, hardware store? Uh, Originally played by Elvis Presley's friend, Red West. We have Denise, who is a female character who has next to zero point in this movie, other than to show her boobs at one point. That is about it. Originally played by Julie Michaels. Julie Michaels, you deserved much better than what they gave Mm -hmm. you. Um, And then lastly, but I mean, last but not least, also must be a musician, we have Cody, who is played by real life blind ja- or a blues guitarist Jeff Healy. So, truth, guys, you ready to do this? Ready as I'll ever be. So, what we're gonna do is I'm just gonna say a name, then Nick, you go first. Tanner, you go first, and I will oh, speak cast. Okay, we're all good to Hold go. On. I just want to confirm. You said Jack was the villain. Jack. He's the good guy, right? Oh, Jack's the Jack yeah, is the Jack bigger, is, the big bouncer that is teams up with the uh, with with the good guys at the bar. Oh, yeah, guys, I meant the I meant the obese, idiotic bad guy that survives oh, the, at the, the end under the guy? polar bear. Oh well, well, I mean that makes what's sense. What's the That's odds? What the name you put down. What's the odds um, that your person will work in both? We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> All right. I, who is you, that character's might- name then? Hank? Is it Hank? Why is Jack listed so high in the credits? He has a lot of lines in the movie. I mean, he does, mm-hmm. but it's still like he's kind of, he's got, 
Man, he's like up there. All right. I just figured it wasn't him because none of the other bouncers are up top. Whatever. Okay, fine. We know we're just going to do Jack. We're just going to do the big, the big beefy uh, bouncer. I like him. So, all right. You guys ready? Yes. Yes. All right. One, two, three. Mountain. Uh, Sean Bradley of the Dallas Mavericks. Mark Henry. The pro wrestler Mark Henry? The, the pro the wrestler Mark Henry, Henry. Strongest man alive. Okay, I'm going to go Mark Henry. Dang it. Yes. All right, Morgan. Diamond Dallas Page. Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's going to be Diamond Dallas Page. Yes. Ah, damn it. Jack. Ethan Supley of Boy Meets World fame. And remember the Titans. I've got you Jorge Garcia from Lost fame. I'm going to go with Jorge Garcia because Nick should have said of Mallrats fame if he's going to. Talk oh, about come him. on. Yes, he should have. Oh, so, all right. Whatever. Okay. So, um, Pat, uh, uh, sorry, uh, John Doe or no, Pat McGurn. Pat McGurn. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. That confused me too. Yeah. Tommy Lee. Oh, shit. This one was a musician. Yeah. I put I'd, a musician. Got it. This guy is not a musician. Uh, Maybe he doesn't, is. Doesn't I'll bode well it. for you, Tanner. <laughs> yeah, it does not. Uh, Joe Pantaleona or Panta Joey Pants. Joey Pants. Okay. I'm going to yeah. go with Tommy Lee because they nice. followed the assignment. And that's just good. So, all right. Uh, Tillman. Philip Baker Hall of Magnolia Boogie Nights, Talented Mystery Ripley fame. Okay. Um, I'm bringing you Christopher Walken of Christopher Walken fame. Oh, wow. I'm Christopher. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Christopher Walken. Oh yeah, he could oh, yeah. he could run oh. he could run a bar like a sleazy oh. one. Yeah, he could. Red Webster, Sam Elliott, Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> you guys both gave me guys that are perfectly capable of murdering their own people that would blow up their hardware store. I'm gonna go Tommy Lee Jones though. Yeah, uh. yeah. I could see him being like just tired. He's like, I don't want to kill him. Yeah, he's like, it's too much work. All right, Denise, Brittany Murphy. Angelina Jolie. I'm going to go Brittany Murphy. Nice. And then last but not least, our blind uh, blues guitarist, Cody. John Popper of Blues Traveler. I've got you, Terry Gibbs. Remind me who Terry Gibbs is. Uh, She's a blind country musician. Oh, dang. Um, I got to go with her then. The blind person. Yeah. Oh, Tanner went above and beyond. Of course. Uh, nice. To. We're going to go with Terry Gibbs then. Just rewrite right. the script. Fine. Okay, cool. All right. Fair. I like it. I like it. All right. That would be, that'll be our, uh, that's our 30 seconds or less cast. We actually don't hold those to any of the aforementioned rules. We kind of just, uh, we, we get a little loosey The cameos. 30 seconds or yeah. less. Yeah. I mean, most of these people would not be cameos, but it's whatever. It's fine. All right, that brings us to the main cast, oh, uh, God. which uh, will be Emmett, Jimmy, Carrie, Brad Wesley, Wade Garrett, Doc, and Dalton. So, Woo. who was my favorite casting down below? I really enjoyed Tommy Lee's uh, Pat McGurn. Yes, I really enjoyed that. So, Nick, I'm going to let you go first. Wow. Which means we're going to start out. I know it's like it's always kind of a punishment, really, than anything. But uh, we are going to go with Emmett. 
You like horses, do you? They like me. You wouldn't steal them, would you? No, sir. Calling me sir is like putting an elevator in an outhouse. Don't belong. <laughs> I'm Emmett. Um, played by Sunshine Parker. That is an incredible name. Great name. Especially with good a name. good name. Beard like that. Like, that is just awesome. So, <laughs> Emmett is, uh, he's just a good old country boy living right outside of Jasper, um, who gives Dalton, our hero, uh, just kind of a cool room. Um, just room and board. Who just happens to There's live right across the pond loft. from our villain, Brad Wesley. It's there is no reason for the hay barn loft to be <laughs> this cool of an apartment. It's kind of true. Also, he no kinda, business. It's because he sell and he also undersells and he's like, you know, 50 people must look at that room. Nothing, 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 this, nothing, that. And it's like, then you see it and you're like, this place is awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's like 100 bucks a month. And you're like, I'm like sold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like no one wanted this. Yeah. And then like, you know, it's weird. Cause he says hundred bucks a month. How does that suit you? Swayze pauses. Like he's going to counter off. <laughs> and you're like, Swayze, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Sunshine yeah. Parker deal. is giving you a cool room and you're going to, you're going to try to un- undersell him. No, nah, man. Okay. Um, Nick, who did you give us for <laughs> Emmett? <laughs> i'm glad i got to go first all right (laughs) apologies to tanner oh but uh i love the confidence we're going in i know (laughs) he's going to be upset (laughs) because he tried to get this person in a episode last year and uh we despite his logic we turned him down so, Corey, yeah, I'm bringing you the better logic. I'm bringing you uh, the only thing he's doing this year is a cameo in Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me. The one and only Willie Nelson. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah, you're right. I did try and get him into Willy Wonka's Willy Wonka. Grandpa Joe. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the my best. Gosh. Just the best role. Uh that's amazing. All right. Um, I mean, it kind of speaks for itself. He's uh, plays a southern gentleman, older guy. You know, probably throwing a few weed jokes in there, maybe, and yeah, then uh, let him let him do his in thing. That barn. Yeah. I I mean, yeah. He's he's in Dukes of Hazard just a few years after this. Pretty much, he's just now become Willie Nelson the character. You know, I yeah, 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 no, that's a, that's a, that's a solid that's a solid choice. Yeah, I'm coming over here um, with a guy who is going to be a little bit older, but he's going to have the same appeal. I think that Sunshine Parker does, but he's going to come across as like more fragile. So you're definitely going to be like more worried for him throughout the movie. I'm going to bring you Harry Dean Stanton. You're taking him out of the green mile, Tanner? I am taking him out of the green mile Tanner. this year. Why do you hate Frank Darabont? I don't know. Honestly, <laughs> never met the man. What has he done to you? Um, I, and I, I honestly don't remember how big his character is in the green mile, though. Isn't he the, the guy with the little mouse in the movie? 
No. That's like the, the guard. No. No, that's the bad who's, guy who's, from uh, Airbud. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The oh, of course. Wow, what yes, a way the, to fucking <laughs> put that. As, as it was coming out of my mouth, I was like, <laughs> okay, that's a that's a weird. Uh Michael Jeter is that guy's name. So um yes, oh, yes yeah. brother of Derek Jeter, of course. Yes. Of course. Less athletic uh, I, <laughs> Derek Jeter. Yeah, Harry Dean gets uh electrocuted at some point, but like I honestly don't remember him in much of the movie. It's weird. I don't even associate Harry Dean Stanton with Green Mile. Um, right. That's uh, he plays Toot Toot in Green Mile. Okay. All right. Now that I'm looking yeah, at pictures, that, I see. Sounds it. like an endearing name for an old man locked in the prison, Corey. Here's sounds like an it integral like part a, of the story. <laughs> it sounds like a cameo. It's fine. It's fine. Because <laughs> here's the thing. I already know who I'm going to go with. And it's both are great choices before I before I ruin someone's night. Um, here's the thing, though. If I get Willie Nelson in this movie, we're going to have him on stage with uh, mm-hmm. Terry Gibbs doing a song, you know, yeah, sure, that's, at that's, the double that's deuce a at some point. Yeah, you know, exactly. Because if there's anything Roadhouse 89 needed, we needed Sunshine, more of Sunshine Parker, but we needed him with like mm-hmm. a, a guitar performing a song down at the double deuce, you know. So I'm getting that with Willie. So we're going with Willie okay. Nelson. So I mean, you'd be a good, good duo. Yeah. Tanner's Tanner's happy that we have Willie Nelson in, in the in our cast. Finally. So look, Willie I'm Nelson just, deserves to be in anything. Yeah, I, I just like the idea that we're going to get a banger song out of the soundtrack and we're going to get a cool scene of him, you know, jamming on stage. So. Nice. That's that, that's how we're going to go. All yeah. right. So we got Willie Nelson as Emmett. Next, we're going to go with, uh, we're going to go with old Jimmy. I used to fuck guys like you in prison. Uh, the oh heavy God. of mm. the movie, uh, played by Marshall Teague, who I believe is actually more of an actual uh, competitive martial artist than an actor. Um, That's what I assume. He, he's been in stuff, um, namely Roadhouse and Armageddon and Babylon 5. So, um, those are his big things, but I, I believe he's, he is very much an actual martial artist, uh, which, um, is cool because that's pretty much his whole character in this movie is he's, uh, Brad Wesley, the, the main villains, uh, kind of like his bodyguard follows him around. Um, doesn't have to do all the grunt work. He just has to sit there and look menacing in his, uh, cool dark shades and jet black hair. Um, and then he has the very lengthy fight with, uh, Dalton at the end. He is, he is the, antithesis of Dalton essentially in the movie he is the anti-Dalton uh overly violent um in and out of prison uh against uh Dalton's uh you know a more pacifist only fight when you have to type of thing so I'm just gonna come in and say uh Tanner who do you or no Nick 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 yeah I made it I get to take it all right Nick who do you have for Jimmy for Jimmy uh this was one of the last people I casted uh, right up mm. here to the final hour. I casted this person not based on his martial arts ability, uh, but really just more. And I don't really know how you're going to take this. So I'm just going to go out Uh-oh. and say it uh, this year. He's not really doing anything that I recognize a movie called Fair. bats and broke down palace. So Corey, I'm going to bring you somebody that has been brought up before. Uh, we'll just see how you guys take it. Um, I'm just going to throw Lou diamond Phillips into this role and see what you think. Hmm. 
That's an okay. interesting. Uh, I would not have thought that, but I mean, I don't hate that. I kind of like that. It's kind of inspired. Um, yes, a little bit. A little bit. Um, I'm not really. How old is he in 1999? He is. He's 37. Out. I'm looking at picture. I mean, he's he he he's a dude that aged well, and I'm looking at. Uh, pictures of him from bats. I mean, he's and, only like 30. He, he's just about to be 37 or 38. Yeah. So. I mean, so he's my age. Um, and, uh, all right. Spoilers. I, I, I don't hate this actually. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's inspired. I really like that, Nick. Yeah. All right. Cool. I, yeah, I, he, oh, when did, when did the big hit come out with Mark Wahlberg? That's my favorite Lou Diamond role in, that actually goes really well with this. Um, the big hit was 1998. Hey, oh, Nick, you're in. Okay, no, <laughs> this is good. The big hit was 1998, and that was his. He was a villain in that movie, and it was this great. Was my, this was my Seth Curry half court shot. So we'll see how it goes. All right, no, Tanner, who do? You, how are you going to? Listen, the fact that the big hit just came out '98, and that's my favorite Lou Diamond role, and he's a villain. Mm-hmm. That's that's really leaning me. That's that was pretty good. That worked out in Nick's favor. Who good. do you got? How are you going to counter that? I'm going to counter it by giving you a guy who is right at like coming into like the heat of his game right now, who just came off of Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. I'm giving you Jason Statham. Oh, you guys both did pretty brilliant here. He's going to be Turkish next year in Snatch. So this is, he's a total free agent this year. Is just going to do a movie in between Lock, Stock, and Snatch. Do I get Guy Ritchie to direct 1999 Roadhouse if I put Statham here? Now hold on. Me. That sounds fucking incredible, actually. <laughs> that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Does the movie get moved to England? Do we have to change everything? <laughs> yeah, it's pubs. It's pubs. Just like so, in soccer hooligans. Just and, out Yeah. Like so, the fields of Surrey. Here's the thing, though, if Guy Rich was directing this, I think Statham would probably just be Dalton. Um, I don't know if he's just gonna be Jimmy. Um hmm. I like both of these a lot because Jimmy's a really intense character and both of these guys can play very intense. And the, it's it's mm. also 99% of playing Jimmy in this movie is just looking like you are capable of murder. Um, yeah. True. And both of these guys can do that. Um, yeah, it's true. I I just, because they're both great and I like them equally, am just going Lou Diamond Phillips because he's my more my niche. So that's fair. But I mean, I love that. I love both of them. So, um, yeah, I, I genuinely thought Benicio del Toro was going to enter the chat for Jimmy, but that's fine. No, I like Uh, it. I just, I just, what is he even doing? Uh, I don't know. I did fear and loathing the year before. So, um, all right. So Lou Diamond Phillips is our Jimmy and we get to, we get to hear Lou Diamond Phillips say that line. And that's awesome. (laughs) Um, And so I love it. I love it. All right. Moving on. Up to Carrie Ann. Hey, 
Don't let him bother you. Morgan was born an asshole and just grew bigger. Who I think played by Catherine Wilhoit, uh, who she's she's in stuff. I've seen she was a lot of 80s stuff that I've seen, though. Um, other than that, she's it's a little hard to peg down. But Kathleen Wilhoit, mm-hmm. uh, famous for Roadhouse, The Edge, um, Color of Night. Uh, she's been in a lot of stuff. I actually thought she did really good with the limited screen time she does in this movie. Um, I definitely yeah. think she's the strongest uh, female actress, and it's really depressing when you start digging into Roadhouse and finding out that the original cut's like three hours long. Um, and that most of her yeah. stuff ended up on the uh, cutting room floor. Because I imagine there's something to explain to her going from bartender to lead singer of the bar band. We just don't get yes. that, you know? She just there's all of a sudden... definitely. She's just yes. the singer of the bar band, you know? So, um, uh, but that's that's mainly the character. She's kind of, she's a waitress in the bar. Uh, other than that, I'm sure she had a bigger point. She has a really awkward scene where she sees Patrick uh, Swayze naked and seems gratuitous, but she mm-hmm. sells it. So she makes the same face I think we'd all make if Patrick Swayze got out of bed naked and we were in the room. Be like, oh, yeah, yeah interesting, yeah, sure. All right. So, Nick, you're a uh, you're two and zero oh up top. Um, yeah. Who do you got for Carrie Ann? Can you keep the momentum going, or is or is it all about to change? It's about to switch. Yeah this this one this one I'm a little bit torn on, and I think it's because the lack of like the character's full participation in the movie, uh, or like that it's, she got cut so much. Because you can sit there and go like, do I put this more well-known name in there? Or do I put mm-hmm. like a lesser-known name in here since it's a very small role? Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw you another... I'll throw you a left-field one. Because I think it's more in line with the character. Because she's more the barmaid. Like she's from the rural town that's just friendly with everybody, you know, like narratively, she's the best handled female character because she's not overly sexualized. Um, Right. 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 Unfortunately, in post, they cut her character. Most cut a lot of her stuff. Yeah. So I'm going to give you of Roseanne fame, Sarah Gilbert. She is the daughter in the show. Uh, She's 24 right now. So this year she's doing movies called The Big Tease and Light It Up. But I think mm-hmm. that we can do one better for her and uh, just have her be the fun barmaid that uh, kind of has a crush, I guess, on Patrick Swayze's character, Dalton, and but also gets to have fun at the bar and sing and do cool stuff. So that is an insanely good pick. Yeah, that's really, really solid. Man, Nick came to play with Roadhouse. Mm-hmm. Nick, if you could just put this kind of effort into other movies we love, <laughs> like <laughs> no, wow. no, that's actually I would have never thought of Sarah Gilbert. I, you know, obviously, if you didn't watch Roseanne, most people would know her. She's a huge recurring character in Big Bang Theory as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, all right, cool. Um, and she dated the lead singer of the Four Non Blondes for a long time. I don't know if they're still dating, but uh, oh, that's yeah. interesting. Um, but yeah. All right, cool. Sarah Gilbert's on the board. I love it. That's good. Tanner, bar yeah. is raised. Okay. Um, bar is raised. Let's see what I can do with it. Um, like you, you guys were saying about, um, Carrie Ann is like, she's friendly. She's also very like quirky 
to yeah. me, she's, I, I mean, I know you guys don't watch a lot of, um, like British TV, mm-hmm. but she really reminds me there's this comic, but like, it just reminds me so much of her, but like just a little weird, a little kooky and just like friendly. Like she doesn't come across when she's like entering, um, you know, um, Swayze's room. It doesn't come across as weird outside of like, she's just sit like staying there. Yeah. It doesn't come across as like aggressive. She, it almost doesn't even come across as like, she's not even remotely interested in him. It's just, Hey, I want to be friends with you. And like, I want to be cool because you're cool type thing. And I thought this woman really can do that. Debbie Mazar. Mm. We saw her just a few years ago in Empire Records where you get that kind of like, you know, punky, gritty-esque. Oh, she was the agent of the... Yeah, she's uh, the agent. Yeah. Um, She's one of those like faces for sure. She's also in The Insider this year, which I don't really know much about. It's a Russell Crowe Al Pacino movie this year, um, which, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I'm not too interested in it. Um, so that's what she's doing. Um, we know her. And yeah, I think she could really do, a, I think she could have a lot of fun with that. Yeah. No, I yeah, I, I like Debbie Mazard. I mean, she's yeah. in a lot of... Uh, she usually sticks like to peripheral and smaller roles and things. Um, she was in So I Married an Axe Murder, and she's in that new Mike Myers series that's on Netflix, The Pentaveret, right now. Um, she works with him a lot. So she's had pretty steady work there, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, for sure. I think I see where Tanner's going with Debbie Mazar, and you know, I think Tanner saw Carrie Ann as having that quirkiness, that kind of set her apart from the sex vixens of 80s roadhouse you know yeah Uh, she's a more grounded character um having said that though tanner you need to get together because i'm going with sarah gilbert that just look i'm giving you good picks you are nick is just it's just i don't know nick came with a chip on his shoulder to roadhouse 99 i don't i don't understand it he's came out of covid alive and ready to ready to fight for my life so um I'm not say. I, listen, I'm not willing to say this could be a shutout, the first shutout on Quantum Recast. But <laughs> oh, it's definitely not going to be a shutout. Corey, we're three. We're three in. Let's. let's I know. Not get ahead I'm of just. It's, here. It's, it's. I don't know. You're just like you're, you're watching. You know, professional bowling, and we're like on the seventh frame, and it's all strikes, <laughs> and you're like, there's still a long ways to go. But oh my gosh, I'm sort of excited. That's where I'm at yeah. right now. So. um so uh okay yeah sarah gilbert's uh obviously our carrie ann i really liked that that was that was really good um nailing this so far uh all right let's move on to our main bad guy brad wesley he's a drifter you know see you wind up with somebody like that it's a shame this has nothing to do with him well you get him out of here elizabeth because if you don't going down uh brad wesley is again having analytically watched roadhouse there's sort of some plot holes and maybe 
We don't know why he's a dick, but he's a millionaire who has a problem with Patrick Swayze and the double deuce, the bar and his nephew getting fired. And I, it's just, he's mad. He doesn't like Patrick Swayze and he wants to date the girl that Patrick Swayze is dating, even though he's 20 years older than everyone else in this movie. And his That's girlfriend Hollywood, baby. is mm-hmm. perfectly fine, but I guess he beats her. Um, and the movie alludes to that. He's an all around bad guy. And so he's, he's, he's essentially holding this whole town hostage, has like everyone gives me 10% of their earnings because he created some fake thing called the, I don't know, Wesley Society and said all the businesses are part of it and you owe me money. Um, right. And he really flexes about JCPenney coming to town because he's there, which is a weird villain flex, but, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, played by... Ben Gazzara, who we just um, uh, had to talk about in that horrific movie, Big Lebowski, you guys made me watch. He is, <laughs> wow. He is, he's, he's, he's of that fame as well. And so, um, but I don't care about Ben Gazzara right now because we're in 1999 and I want to know who Nick brought to the table for Brad Wesley. All right. So, uh, big bad of the movie kind of, he he chews scenery a little bit here and there. Uh, yeah. You really want somebody you can root against that, and but also is believable as kind of like this menacing, I'll do whatever it takes to get what I want type character. I'm going to throw a legend at us on this on this role right here. He had a big movie the start of this decade, and then he kind of got put in a box of genre after that a little mm. bit. But he he I don't think he ever. This could just be my perception being the limited amount of movies that I maybe have seen, but it seemed like he never quite reached that peak again uh, of the early 90s or around there. But uh, we're going to give him a chance to have one more one more movie just for fun here to get to choose some scenery and be a bad guy. Corey, I'm going to give you the one and only Ray Liotta. Oh hmm. man, RIP Ray Liotta's on the board for Brad Wesley. This Amen. year he was he was doing what I assume is a cameo scene in Muppets from Space. Yes. And then he is in uh if I remember correctly a movie called Forever Mine. So I think we can pull him out of the Muppets from Space movie and not lose much there and let him have some fun in the bad guy role. Hmm, interesting. Okay, okay. Tanner, who do you got? Okay, I'm bringing you a guy who is absolutely a legend and probably has, if not the world record, he is in the running for world record of number of movies this man is in. With 684 credits to his name. I'm bringing you Eric Roberts. Oh, Eric Julia Roberts, Roberts, older brother. Yeah, Julia Eric Roberts, Roberts, older brother, who might have a complex about being Julia Roberts' brother. So he signs up. Yeah, he works for so much. Everything. <laughs> he works so much. It, it, that's gotta. Um, that's gotta stem from the Roberts Thanksgiving, where the parents are just constantly talking about Aaron Brockovich and. Pretty woman, and Eric's like, I made thirty-seven <laughs> films this year, <laughs> right? They're like, good, Eric, good, good job, good, good job. Good. 
good. Yep. Uh, good old Eric Roberts. Um, we obviously we have seen him as the villain. Um, I'd say most notably for the idea behind this role in the dark Knight. Right. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he's in 684 movies. You've seen the guy. We know who he is. Um, this year he is doing, uh, 10 movies. Um, oh my gosh. I or, don't recognize any of them. Hold on. Let me go. Look, I have scrolled so much down this dude's, I am being, I'm only in 2018. <laughs> it's <Wow>. insane. <laughs> Come on, 90s. Gotcha. Found you. Okay. Purgatory, Bittersweet, Lansky, Two Shades of Blue, Touched by an Angel, Restraining Order, Wildflowers, Spawn, the, oh, Spawn, the TV series, uh, Facade, Heaven's Fire. Okay, you're fine. You're fine. Okay. I just need to yeah. make sure there's no gems there. All right. Wow. Okay. But yeah, I think he I think he plays that like older, scummy, slimy, like rich guy really well. Oh, he does. And, like true. Kind yeah. of that mafia mm-hmm. like it's oh my gosh. Okay, y'all y'all are doing incredible. Y'all are like every every Great, pick. Thank you, Corey. Every pick is is y'all are y'all are thriving in ninety-nine. Um for me, Brad Wesley's best scene is when they all come back and they failed and he's like, you're a bleeder and you know, he's beating up on the one guy and it's mm-hmm. like, that's almost, I, I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a weird place right now. Cause I, I, I'm leaning towards Ray Liotta, but is it only because I'm rooting for Nick in the shutout? Cause Eric <laughs> Roberts is really good. It, it's okay. Fine. It's whatever. The miracle didn't happen. I'm going with Eric Roberts. That just tickles <laughs> yes. my fancy. It tickles my fancy a lot. Man. I also see the the scene where we're really introduced to to Wesley is where he's driving down the center of the road. That's true. Like that is Eric Roberts. Swerving, swerving, swerving. All day. Mm-hmm. Just is casually that, not caring, yeah. singing his song. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, I see that. Eric Roberts is it. That's right. That was a good one. That was a good one, Tanner. The, the scene with the Thank car. Thank you. That brings us up to... Corey, how dare you. Our top three... <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to start with the biggest badass of the movie, the guy who out Swayze Swayze uh, on screen, Mr. Wade Garrett. Yeah, you're right. I ought to stop telling you what to do. Maybe I ought to kick your ass. Who, even according to Dalton, is the best cooler in the business. Um, and yes. We get Sam Elliott, no mustache, just a solid five o'clock shadow that you're pretty sure you could sand wood on. Uh, Wade Garrett is the, I guess he's the, uh, the mentor to our, our Patrick Swayze's Dalton. He has taught him everything mm-hmm. he knows is what we're led to believe. Um, he calls him, he affectionately calls him Mijo throughout the film, which is just Spanish for son, you know, and uh, it's a, it's, it's a huge bond. It's, it's, he's just that character that's been doing this forever. He's built up as kind of the, uh, probably the prototype to Dalton and just the, wrote the book on cooling and, and doing this and running the bars. When we first meet him, he's, uh, working at a G string topless contest, uh, with a bunch of Marines, yeah. keeping them in line. And he's, you know, he's, he just, it's just a good scene. When one of the Marines gets out of line, he follows the rules laid in place earlier in the movie. He's nice, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just good. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's a good scene. 
Um, unfortunately, uh, he dies and spoilers, but Nick said that already in the episodes. So I don't care. All right, Tanner, you got on the board with Eric Roberts. Eric Roberts ruined, ruined the shutout, but that's fine. Yes. Perfect yes. yes. Game. So Tanner, you're up first for Wade Garrett. I mean, this one was really difficult because yeah. it's like, who do you put in here? That's cooler than cool. I, I wrote down a few people and I guess like this is what I'm going to do just because to me, it's going to be like, like old cool guy actor handing it off to young cool guy actor type thing. And I'm going to bring you Burt Reynolds. All right, guys, Burt Reynolds is showing up way too much in this podcast lately. It's, it's making me uncomfortable. <laughs> He just needs a job. He's just. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um, What's he doing in 99? In 99, he is doing a few things. He's doing Pups. He's doing Stringer. Mystery Alaska. And that's it. None of those are things that I recognize. But. I mean, when you talk about a cooler, when you talk about a guy that's there to be nice, be charismatic, to just relax people, I mean, come on. Burt Reynolds is just smooth and just cool. And if he's just hanging, I think he could calm down a fight. You know what I mean? But also have enough like experience to be able to like kick someone's ass. Yeah, that's fair. Like, I, I don't hate it. I, I, I see where yeah. you're going. I do. I see where you're going with this. And I can get behind it. Yeah. So. Nick, who do you have for Wade mm-hmm. Garrett? Burt Reynolds is on the board. Uh, the person I had, I didn't go super old with it. I picked someone that's been an action star but is starting to age out of that area a little bit like this would be the Mm. very end of any of probably people going like yeah make him the lead role of an action star and you also have to find like you're like okay we have to find a badass for the top role but we need to find someone who is equally if not greater right badass problem that's the problem with this (laughs) so i'm gonna give you kurt russell at 48 years of age he's a free agent this year Mm. Long hair, ready to go, ready to fight, ready to die, ready to say all the cool one-liners, and you immediately look at him and go, yeah, this is where our guy learned everything he knows. Wow. Solid. (sighs) Kurt Russell, that is... Hmm. I know he's got... I know he can pull that hair off. I know he can grow that hair, and I know he can have a shadow. Oh, yeah. Huh. Yeah, you do. So I got Russell and I got Burt Reynolds, and it's kind of two different things, but they're both good in the things they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I am going to not use my override because I at uh-huh. least like y'all slightly better. Um, I was I, I was genuinely just going to bring Nicolas Cage into the chat. Um, oh, nice. And uh, that would have been cool. It's it's it. 
he ate, he did eight millimeter his Scorsese movie that's not great. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, but he considers it one of his favorite. Um, hmm. uh, and so I'd hate to do that to the guy. Um, and then my backup to him was <laughs> Clooney because I feel like I can destroy Three Kings and only upset a small amount of people. Um, I he was on my list. I just felt like he's too high class for. But yeah. it's like. We're only three years after uh, from Dust Till Dawn. And so it's like, maybe we can convince people to buy into it again one more time, like finding people in bars. But I'm going to go with Kurt Russell. I am. Fair enough. Practically just because of the hair. Like 100%, I'm just going to get, I'm going to throw some gray dye in that hair and just say, grow out that beard for a, probably for him for like two hours. And, uh, and, and and yeah, I like it. Um, all right, that brings us to our female lead, Doc. Well, Mr. Dalton, you may add nine staples to your dossier of 31 broken bones, two bullet wounds, nine puncture wounds, and four stainless steel screws. That's an estimate, of course. I'll give you a local. No, thank you. Do you enjoy pain? Pain don't hurt. Most of my patients would disagree with you. Okay. Which is sad to say because it's not much of a female lead. It's not, it's a, so not, sad. A, not a lot of substance here. Just a really awkward sex scene. And I don't personally think Kelly Lynch does a great job um, here in this movie, even with what she is given. It's it is what it is. But she's the love interest to our protagonist, Dalton. Um, she is the town doctor. That's how they meet, because he uh, he gets a lot of injuries. Um, I know that it shows his medical records and he's like been shot two times, stabbed four times and 31 broken bones, as I believe. Uh, mm-hmm. And his first name is James. His name is James Dalton. Yes. So um, you learn all that just in that one scene. But they meet. Um, and, 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 and Tanner, this also may answer your question as to why they felt they needed to give Patrick Swayze a college degree in philosophy is he had to relate to the town doctor. You know, she's, she's kind of written as she's the town doctor. So she's more educated than the hillbillies in the town, you know? And so, sure. Cause the town, they don't make the town look real good. Like you don't see a lot of population that's not portrayed as like a cliche from the Beverly Hillbillies. So, right. um, so she stands out in that way, um, but she's the town doctor ends up, uh, also apparently they really late in the movie introduced that, oh, this is why the bad guy's mad. He had a crush on her too and doesn't like Patrick Swayze now. So they crowbar right. that in. So who made that one? That was Nick. Nick, you got us on the yeah. board with Kurt Russell. Who is your doc? Yeah, this one's hard because it's like, they cast Kelly Lynch because obviously because she's this bombshell, not a lot in for the role to go with here other than she's the, you know, innocent doctor or the, the, I don't know what the word is, but she, she's yeah. kind of the, the nice, the nice part of this town. Like, it's like, Oh, there's this good uh, person here for him to settle down with. And like, and he doesn't have to be on the road and live this life anymore. Kind of thing. Right. She's the light. Oh, in the she, darkness. Yeah. She's yeah. represented as the only sane person in all of Jasper. Right. So, right. Yeah. So I, and I'm, I'm also trying to be, I don't know if I'd be too logical here, but I'm also sitting there going like, how many years do you have to take to be a doctor? And like, so most people I know that are doctors, they're not going to be, fully doctors until their late 20s early 30s yeah 
So I went with that mindset and okay. I ended up going with somebody that's a 90s staple. Um, she's in her early to mid 30s. I'm going to give you Bridget Fonda, Corey. I'm going to take her out of Lake Placid mm. and stick her right here you to be bastard. the apple of the entire town's eye. <laughs> you bastard. Why are you touching Lake Placid? <laughs> there were other ones that I really wanted to put in, but they, they were like in their mid-20s. I didn't know if it would be... I, I didn't know what the level of believability Feasible. we needed here. Yeah, I was just like, I was like, Kelly Lynch isn't that believable, but I think she she's the proper age, and that works. Mm-hmm. My wife was a doctor by 22, Nick. Listen, yeah, but she went to a better school. So. That's true. And she didn't go to school just, in America. She's just stupid smart. So, um... All right. So, um, okay. Okay. Here's the thing. Here's what you did right. It's a great choice. What you did wrong is you screwed around with Lake Placid, and that's rubbing me weird. But it's fine. That's where you fucked up. We'll see what Tanner did. We'll see what Tanner brought to Doc. Tanner, okay. Tanner might have royally screwed himself. Who knows? Yes. So, here's the thing. I have someone that I think in like my heart of hearts, I think I would play her here. But she is like a she is more and more and more a TV actress. And I just don't. I I just don't know if you guys would see it. So I will bring you someone that would make more sense in like a big action movie. Um. And she's still going to do really well here. She's going to really easily, I feel like, be this doctor, the kind of light in the, like, and be, well, different than everyone else in the town, like, smarter, better, faster, stronger, um, yada, yada, yada. Um, and I'm bringing you Halle Berry. Oh, dang. She's 33, I think, at this time. This is crazy. Um, um, and I mean, she's doing some stuff, but let me pull up her, um, what she's doing because she just did James Bond. I think two. This years isn't the year of James Bond. No, no, that was uh, Die Another Day is actually t- in two thousand two, so she's not there yet. Okay. Oh, got it. She is about to do X Men. Um, Next year, she's doing Swordfish the year after that. Then Monsters Ball, Die Another Day, Gothica, Catwoman. She, she's about to blow She's up. on a run um, right after this. And she's a free agent. Like, this is, she's not doing anything this year. So I think she's got that, like, lighthearted, um, you know, love interest appeal. Um, and she can really... Yeah be that person that's like, no, fuck this rich guy. Like, fuck that. I'm here to like, hang out with my uncle. He's the only sane person in this town. Um, and I can really see that. And yeah, I, I just think she would really play a good love interest doctor here. It's weird. Cause I feel like I'm having to choose which actress to subject to a horrible right, sex. Which scene. is, like we'd change the sex scene. Okay. We would change the sex scene. Well, you know what? 
actually, that just solved all my problems. I'm going with Halle Berry because she has a gratuitous, like gratuitously, like graphic sex scene just two years from now with Billy Bob Thornton and Monsters mm. Ball. So she's not afraid of the. I mean, there's like rumors that they actually had right. penetrative sex on camera. So she's not going to be freaked out by just horribly invasive <laughs> camera angles. Um, and so no, and honestly, no, like honestly, I'm I'm gonna go with Halle Berry. I do like her a little bit more than Bridget Fonda. Um, honestly, Bridget Fonda, as talented of an actress as I'm sure she is, I just don't remember her career. Yeah, I know she just dropped off the face of the world. And to me, I think Bridget Fonda is always kind of like. And I mean this not in an insulting way, but like like a poor man's Jodie Foster to me. Like it's like kind of had the same vibe, but Jodie Foster had mm. a lot more talent. So, um, and uh, so I'm going, I'm going Halle Berry. Hell yeah! And it, it, and then I'm just not gonna mess with Lake Pla- Lake Placid. It's fine the way it is. Let's just keep it. Okay, fine. Let's let's not mess with Oliver Platt's best performance. So. <laughs> Man, he's on my list to get into a movie this year. I could do an entire episode on Oliver Platt's 90s run. Mm-hmm. Ready to rumble, Simon Birch, Lake Placid. Just incredible. Who are we casting next, guys? <laughs> Shut up, we're talking about Oliver Platt, Nick. <laughs> um, we're, we're, we're at the top. We're at the top. We've been here before when we did Point Break. Patrick Swayze. He's not an easy man to recast. And we were recasting Dalton. I want you to be nice until it's time to not be nice. Well, uh, how are we supposed to know when that is? You won't. I'll let you know. You are the bouncers. I am the cooler. All you have to do is watch my back and each other's. Dalton is the cooler. He is the second best cooler next to Wade Garrett. He is brought in by uh, Tillman to um, essentially get his bar in order. Because right now um, the double douche is just full of uh, ruffians and rabble rousers. And, you know, they're just fighting, selling drugs, having sex in the uh, liquor closet. And power drinkers come in and clean all that out and turn it into a fine establishment uh, for up just upstanding citizens with money just standard citizens um, yeah just standard citizens which i'm pretty sure um the actual customers never change it's just there's more rules yeah now in double d's so um all right so that's that's all it is patrick swayze pretty much carries this movie until sam elliott shows up to bear some of the load just by being awesome and cool Mm -hmm. so he is the philosophical bar bouncer who took that? Tanner, you made it. You I got did. two on the board. Two. Good job. Good job. <laughs> um, wow, Corey. Yeah. Ugh, this one's rough. Tanner's got that face that like he's just now casting it. He no, it's, it's literally <laughs> I've got two guys and I'm pulling them both out of something massive. And so Do it. it's definitely just like, okay, which thing is more important to Corey and which thing is touchable which thing is untouchable um guys we we can't come out in 1999 without burning something to the ground great like i'll be disappointed if we don't destroy something beautiful perfect and that's a quote from fight club please don't touch fight club like that's 
Well, I well, cast Brad, Brad Pitt, Pitt of all people. <laughs> and that's the truth. I cast Oh my god. William Bradley Pitt as Dalton. That's what I did. I thought if there's look, he's literally doing a fighting movie this year. We just take him out of that fight movie, put him in another fight movie, but make him do his cool and the worst fighter. Movie. Yeah. Make make him do the cool <laughs> Like he can still do the like pick up the bar peanuts thing. He can still be eating something all the time, doing that cool guy jacket thing. Look, you just get Brad Pitt being nice Southern Brad Pitt. Just roll him up in there in the double deuce. He's gonna kick some ass. He's gonna be real sweet on Halle Berry, and he's gonna just be nice. He's gonna. He's gonna th- Pull somebody's throat out of their out of their throat. Yeah, imagine Brad he's gonna Pitt just fighting Lou Diamond Phillips. Brad Pitt fighting Lou Diamond Phillips and ripping his goddamn throat out. This is the only chance I'll ever get. <laughs> this Boy, is it. Stop. <laughs> I I it's it's listen. I literally asked you not to touch Fight Club right when you said Brad Pitt. It's like it's just the utter disobedience. <laughs> that it's a little. A little shocking. <laughs> the the audacity. So, um, Nick, where did you choose to go? Look, all I'm saying <laughs> is it's really shitty of you to just have this big moment of, it's fine. We can't get out of 99 without burning something precious. Just do it. Go for it. And then and I then literally it. said, that's a quote from Fight Club. Don't touch Fight Club. Brad Pitt. As soon as I start talking, you go, except one movie. Kind on you. Fair, fair, fair. Nick, let's see where you went. I'm not. I'm not killing Brad Pitt. I'm not taking it off the board. I'm. I'm willing to. I'm willing to consider it. I just need to see where Nick went. Nick. Nick could have made the mistake of going too safe. So I brought an action star. Good. He's okay. in his thirties. He's pretty much like the real version of this character, if I were to say so. Interesting. Um, I think Corey loves the guy. (laughs) And I think that this uh, will be a chance to reignite his career in the late 90s. He's he's doing a couple things, but nothing's really taking Mm. off at this point for him. Corey, I'm giving you, to counter one Brad Pitt, a one and only Jean-Claude Van Damme. And 38 years of doing? age. He is doing two movies of note, uh, Inferno, uh, and he's doing Universal Soldier The Return. So not the original with Universal Soldier. With Goldberg, yes. Oh, Nick. <laughs> you guys Don't tell me, me you love that movie. <laughs> you guys oh put God, me in a dude. weird bind. Yeah. Guys, what have you done? Oh, no. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I pick the sequel that you think is better than the first one, Corey? Okay, first of all, it is better. Um, <laughs> yeah, come on, Nick. I'm not, I'm not. But at the same time, I'm not saying like Universal <laughs> Soldier is like, it's It's not like. It's Untouchable. Not um, but is it though? Man. Um, I. Is it? I don't even know how to move forward with this. <laughs> um. Because I, in, in in the nicest way possible, I don't like Jean-Claude Van Damme in this because then I feel like it, 
I feel like we're waiting for like him it to throw it. Ages rip. it. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, it kind of ages it. Like, it's just kind of like it becomes at that point this sad attempt at nostalgia, I feel like, yeah. if you throw Jean Claude Van Damme in here. Um, but then Tanner gave me. Let me throw you. Let me let me throw you an option, Corey. No. You do have your override, though. You also have your switcheroo. Mm-hmm. What are you saying? Lou Diamond Phillips should be Dalton? I'm not saying anything. <laughs> I just I just am saying that there are people that you may have just mentioned that you could flip around and have uh, your cake and eat it too. I, I know. It's just And not destroy Fight Club. But you know. Or you can do just what you, you said you a know. second ago and burn something precious. And Oh be all right God. with it's it. The most precious, Corey. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna throw up. Um, could could make Diamond Dallas Page Dalton. Um, <laughs> talk about aging a movie. <laughs> well, hey, while I'm considering, while I'm trying to figure out what to do with the situation you put me in, mm-hmm. let me ask you this: What if I switch him with Morgan? And Kurt Russell is now Morgan, and Diamond Dallas Page is now Wade Garrett. <laughs> I mean, no, no. <laughs> no. We're you do whatever you want. I just think it's the absolute wrong move. But you do you. You're going to move Kurt Russell to a, a henchman position, yeah, so that Diamond Dallas Page could be <laughs> the second lead of the movie. <laughs> I am going to use my override because I've been left no choice. Um, I think you're using it because you're afraid and you're a coward. And that's what I think. You bet. <laughs> Brad Pitt is now casted yes, as Dalton. Yes, he is. And you let, you- Fight Club doesn't exist. What? I mean, or it's Jean-Claude Van Damme you, and Ed Norton. In what have you club. done? What? What sacrilege yes, it's, is it's this? It's because it's okay. So I listen. I just don't like Jean-Claude Van Damme in it. I will I mean, burn fine, Fight but Club you still to had the ground. Override. Have Brad. Who are you going to override because, with? So I don't like my override. The only thing I could really come up with was Mark Wahlberg. I mean, I can take about a Three Kings and nobody bats an eye. Yeah. But it's like, I don't love it either. Oh, wait, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I think I just fixed this. Yeah, you <laughs> did. See what like this casting guy's Brad Pitt. No, you hold on. No my, 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 no, my finger's still on the piece. Man. Oh. Guys, I fixed it. No, I got it. I fixed it. Using my override, Matthew McConaughey is now Dalton. Whoa. What, what is Matthew McConaughey doing? Ed TV. That is literally it. The the crappy Truman Show. What what is on either side of this year? Like what McConaughey are we getting? Matthew McConaughey. Um, kind of not quite big guy yet. Anyone. He's not even in his uh. He's not even in his rom com phase. He's done Contact. He's, like he's done a time to kill actor. Yeah. Like yeah. He's being a serious actor still. Hmm. Yeah. He's on the precipice of Wedding Planner, which will throw him. Yeah. If you look at his career, he actually 
kind of tried to become a very serious actor up front. It didn't really right. take. And then he became rom-com guy and made, you know, saved up all his money and then, you know, did. Uh, now he does what he wants. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. Matthew McConaughey's my Dalton fight clubs intact. I can live with seeing Matthew McConaughey rip Blue Diamond Phillips throat out. Maybe not as cool as Brad Pitt. <laughs> Definitely but, not as cool as Brad Pitt. But I, I haven't committed any sort of sacrilege. And I can sleep tonight. You well, coward. at least one of us <laughs> will be able to sleep tonight. Nick, you just call me a coward? <laughs> Nick has been <laughs> just playing like this character all day today. That's just like... No, Corey, you can't do this. You can't do this. And the second that you don't do, he's like, "You fucking coward!" They're like all, Nick, how many all podcasts? Nick, how many, how many kids in middle school did you get to smoke cigarettes? Like you just like, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> like, like teacher, what? Nick, teacher, Nick's that guy. Like, oh, come on, do it, do it. All right, I'm happy with that. I can live with that. Okay. Well, let's read it off. It's time Tell to us read what we it. Got. All right. So, uh, Roadhouse, as it would look in 1999, according to us, from the bottom going up, uh, the huge henchman, Mountain, would be played by WWE superstar and strongest man in the world, Mark Henry. Morgan will be played by pro wrestling legend and yoga le- legend, mm-hmm. Diamond Dallas Page. Jack will be played by Lost's Jorge Garcia. Pat McGurn will be played by Motley Crue drummer Tommy <laughs> Lee. Possibly my favorite casting in this whole thing. Tillman will be played by Christopher Walken. Red Webster is being played by Tommy Lee Jones. That's going to get confusing on set. Um, Denise will be played by Brittany Murphy and... Cody, in a cool little gender bend, will be played by blind country singer Terry Gibbs. Uh, Emmett will be played by country singer Willie Nelson. We'll get a cool scene with them playing together. That's great. Jimmy, our heavy, will be played by Lou Diamond Phillips. Carrie Ann will be played by Roseanne's Sarah Gilbert. And Brad Wesley uh, by the uh, less famous uh, Julius Roberts' brother, Eric Roberts. Yeah. We all love him. Wade Garrett will be played by Kurt Russell. And Doc is being played by Halle Berry. Nice. And Dalton is being played by Matthew McConaughey. I like it. We got two up and comers right. in the leads there. Like, they're not quite where they're going to get, but they're they're on the up and up. Yeah, I think that so sells. to take off. I think that, yeah. I think that would I sell like in 99. I don't know what I love more. Lou Diamond Phillips as Jimmy or Tommy Lee as Pat McGurn. But I... <laughs> And in love with both of those. So you're welcome. So, um, yeah, good job, Nick. Good job. Um, all right, that is Roadhouse as we believe it would look in 1999. I apologize for making us watch this film with an analytical eye, it's meant to just be watched for fun, (laughs) (laughs) um, and entertainment. Um, but that is uh, that was my movie. So, who's next? Who's who's up next? Someone who's picking it's our next movie. My turn? Is Nick. It? My turn. God, is Nick's turn crap. Okay. What do you got? <laughs> well, in keeping with our <laughs> summer movie themes. We're going to be in summer forever. 
Yeah, for the endless summer theme that we've got going. Because uh, this should come out in late July. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to try to try to finish us off on a strong note. Uh, 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 a strong note here. So I hope you guys like the ocean. I hope that you uh, don't get seasick. Because we're setting sail. And we are stopping first at 2003 to take the Jerry Bruckheimer produced Gore Verbinski directed Pirates of the Caribbean mm. Curse of the Black Pearl and we are moving it to 1983 smack dab in the middle of the birth and growing populace of blockbusters and all the fun uh, realistic makeup stuff that we can throw at it yeah right I really thought you were, until you said 2003, going Deep Blue Sea. Is really I thought you were going Titanic. You know, I was thinking Deep Blue Sea. It was, I was like, what? Does it need a big name? But I thought we weren't ready for that That's yet, fair. Tanner. So. I get it. I thought, it's scary. I thought it was Titanic for a second. I was freaking out. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know what this has to do with summer at all. <laughs> but, um, all right. Um, That's interesting. I feel like Jack Sparrow is going to be... Since Willy Wonka, like the toughest thing to recast in terms of an actor being absolutely married to a role. Good um, luck. Dang. Okay. All right. The odds be in your favor. Well, then. Now we know where we're going. All right. Cool. So we hope you enjoyed our analytically like dissection of Roadhouse and then, you know, Kind yes. of 90s it up a little bit. Um, I promise to do better in the future, not succumb to peer pressure and just shout the first thing that pops into my brain. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. But again, we're on the social medias. You can find us there, engage with us. We're, 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 we tend to be a lot of fun online as well as here. Um, and then uh, I'll, I'll please uh, rate and review us on whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, Spotify, Apple, whatever one I don't know about. Uh, just give us the, the stars and the reviews, and that helps us find yeah, new yeah, listeners. Yeah. Um, we're we're, like we're very um, excited by how much our audience is growing, and that's great. We want to see it continue to grow. Yes. And if you even want to financially support the growth of this podcast, please uh, Patreon uh, slash Quantum Recast or buymeacoffee.com slash Quantum Recast is a way to financially donate to us. Um, and we are um, absolutely grateful um, for those that do that. But tune in next episode as we take Disney's Pirates of the Caribbean Curse of the Black Pearl back to 1983. Hmm. We will see you then. Say goodnight, Nick. Goodnight, Nick. <laughs>